Thanks for joining us today. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So we encourage you to share your story with us at info at fellowshipgj.com or by clicking the Share Your Story tab on the Church Center app. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that by clicking on the giving link located in the description below this video, online at fellowshipgj.com, or if you are a member here at Fellowship Church, you can give through our Church Center app. This will help us continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thank you for joining us and enjoy today's service. Good morning, church family. If you guys will stand to your feet. Guys, first service this morning was incredible. I can't even explain what God did, and I know that he has something in store for us. And something that I really felt heavy this morning is like, we came to do business. We came to do business with God. Is there anybody that just needs like an extra touch? sees you and he wants to meet with you right here. 
And that I believe should be the true cry of our heart, the prayer of our life. Like God, we make room for you to do what you want to do. And so maybe in this moment we should pause and we should evaluate our life and see, is there room for Jesus? Like, do we make room for him in our schedule to spend time with him? Do we make room to serve? Do we make room to teach our kids about the truths of the Bible? Are we making room in our life for God? We sang the song and we said, we're gonna surrender. And I believe that the cry of our heart is to do it. So let's make room right now and look within. Is there something that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you to surrender? If so, utter a prayer. If there's a space he's wanting to get into, make room for him. Talk to him about it. God, we make room. We make room in our calendars. We make room in our checkbooks. We make room in our hearts. We make room in our conversations, at the workplace, in our home. We make room for you. God, we surrender our comfort and our agenda to you. We surrender our religion, the rules and structure that we think helps us get to you when really all we need to do is open up our arms and reach for you and you're there. And God, we make room in this moment, but not just on Sundays, we make room for you all week long. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, good morning, church family. If you would, turn and greet one another and make your way to your seats. If you're watching online, welcome. Feel free to put where you're watching from in the chat. We're just thrilled to have you here with us at Fellowship Church, whether it's on, online or in person. Either way, we're glad to have you. Welcome. There is always so much happening around the church, especially in the fall of the year. We kick off all our classes and get back going in full swing. So we're really glad to have you here. If you are a guest or a visitor, we'd like to extend to you a very special welcome. Following the service, if you will, stop by the information counter in the lobby. Let us know that you're visiting or you can text us. Um, text 94000, the word fellowship, and we'll follow up with you, ask you a few questions, and get you connected with one of our pastors so that you can get to know a little bit more about who Fellowship Church is and how we function and what we believe and all that good stuff. The Bible tells us that when we come to God's house, that we should never come empty-handed. That means we should come ready to, to pour our hearts out in worship. It means we should come ready to serve, whether that's formal volunteering or whether that's just looking around the lobby for someone that we could encourage or offer prayer to. And we should also come ready to give. The Bible tells us that the tithe or the, that literally that word means one-tenth of our income belongs to the Lord and we should return the tithe when we come on a Sunday morning to God and bring an offering, something to say thank you for all that he's done for us throughout the week. And there are a variety of ways you can give. Uh, you can drop in the offering boxes. You can go digital. You can go to fellowshipgj.com. You can do text giving. You can use your church center app. You can mail it in if you love old school. Whatever you want to do, we just want to make sure that we give you plenty of opportunity to do what the Bible says, which is to come before God with a gift, come not empty-handed and be ready to tithe and give and serve and just be a part of all the things that God's doing in our midst. And if we do those things, the Bible promises that he'll open the windows of heaven and pour out blessings on us even more than we can hold on to. So let's pray and ask God to do just that. God, thanks. 
that you're not a stingy God, that when we have needs, we can bring them before you and you meet us where we're at and you meet us with abundance and you're capable of blessing us. And so God, I ask for a supernatural blessing upon each person in this room, that you would fill us to overflowing in, in relationships in peace and strength and wisdom and in finances and that we would find you to be the incredible provider that you have shown yourself to be through history as well as through the scriptures and we love you for it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So speaking of all the cool stuff going on at the church, let's take a look. Our young adults group starts tonight. We are so excited to have ages 19 through 26 to gather together and to go over the rooted curriculum. Dinner will be provided at seven o'clock, so invite your friends. This is the perfect opportunity to meet some of the people that are in your specific age group. So come together and join this awesome community. We are starting a new round of Life's Healing Choices. It will begin on October 3rd and will be in between services on Sunday. If you feel like the last season of your life you've gone through a hurt or a habit or a hang up, something that's just been weighing you down, this is the perfect class to sign up for, to get some accountability, to get some practical tools of how to move forward in your life. And this is gonna be such an awesome breakthrough for you. We are so excited to have you join us. Last year, Pastor Tim launched a brand Brand new course called Three Kings. We loved it so much and had such great feedback that we wanted to dive more into this study. So he's coming out with part two starting on October 27th. It'll be Wednesday nights from 7 to 8 p.m. The cost of materials is $18 and that will be available at the night that class starts. So sign up for this class today. It's going to be so good. I know that God has something in store for you today. So enjoy the rest of today's service. What is prayer? Stale tradition? Ritual? A good luck charm? Part of some religious checklist? Done to appease a higher being so we can get what we want? Or at least avoid the lightning bolt? Prayer has been redefined and twisted and confused. But at its essence, prayer is simply talking to God the God who spoke the universe into creation, who gives us life and breath, who holds all things together. This God wants us to talk to him. In the vastness of all that exists, he actually cares about us, personally, individually. How can we not pray to such a loving God, wherever we are, how can we not thank him for what he's done or cry out when we need help, when we need forgiveness, when we're afraid, when we give thanks for our blessing or question where our next meal will come from? Why would we live a life apart from him? It's not about formula. How could any posture or well-chosen word impress the author of time and space? It's simple obedience. God has made himself available to us. He wants to hear from us. He wants us to trust in him, to acknowledge our dependence on him, to draw near to the one who loved us first. Approaching with confidence because Christ has torn away the veil. He's washed away the sin that kept us from his presence. 
and we live in relationship with our Lord. And so we ask that his kingdom come, his will be done on earth and in our lives as it is in heaven. That is prayer. So why do we struggle so much with prayer? I, mean, I, I know I do. And I grew up in a Christian home and I had great parents that were Christians and I grew up in a church that taught me what we should know about prayer growing up. I went to uh, Bible college, surrendered my life to the ministry when I was 17 years old. And, and really just my whole life has been about God and prayer and all those things. Yet I still struggle with it. I struggle with it. And I think part of the reason why we struggle with it is because we learn by seeing and hearing other people pray. And so we pick things up. And so it was really funny because uh, uh, I decided when I was getting ready to do this message, I, I thought, you know, I'm going to kind of look at my own prayer life a little bit and just see if there's anything in it that I've kind of picked up from others through the years. And it was funny because I found a few things. One of the things that I pray a lot when I pray over people is I'll be praying, Lord, just protect them. Put a hedge of protection around them, Lord. Hedge of protection. Now, I know that new believers and people that are listening to me pray are probably like saying, a hedge? Really? You couldn't put anything stronger around me than that? Bet you de the devil has some weed whacker. He could probably get through that pretty easy. I mean, pray a wall, pray, pray a wall with barbed wire on the top. That's what I need. That's that a wall of protection. But I, I picked that up somewhere. The other thing that I picked up uh, along the way is when I'm praying over the, the, the dinner or, or a lunch, bless this food to the nourishment of our bodies. Now that's just common English that we use with each other all the time, Right? We're in a fast food line and we're with our buddies and we're just like, oh, I can't wait for this food to nourish me. <laughs> well, it's so proper, but it's so, so silly, but that's something we pick up. And then what do we say right after that? And bless the hands that prepared it. You ever pray, prayed that before? Bless the hands. Don't bless anything else on them, just bless their hands. My, my uh, mom growing up should be a, her, a hand bottle by now, by how many times her hands have been blessed for, for making food. It's just funny. Things like that are just funny. Have you, ever, have you ever talked to somebody that as they talked to you, it, is, it was if they were praying? Have you ever been around anybody like that? And when you go to Bible college and you uh, grow up or you sp spend some time in the South, you'll run into pastors like this. And I, I love pastors like this. And I had this one pastor, he's AG pastor, Assembly of God pastor. And man, when you talk to him, it was like he was praying. And you'd be like, hey, Reverend, and you had to call him Reverend, okay? So he was Rev Reverend, Reverend, how you doing? Well, let me tell you, bless God. Bless God, I, if I was any better, I'd be in heaven. That's what he would say. Well, how's your family? Well, let me tell you something, bless God. That's how they always start their sentences. It's not with the or a normal word. It's bless God, let me tell you. My family is so good. They're walking tall. They're walking strong as if they're walking around the city of Jericho. And when they're walking around that city, the walls are come calling. They're gonna come falling down. So when you ask them a question, you get a mini sermon out of it. It's just awesome. Maybe you've known somebody like that. Now, the funny thing is, is that we try to teach our kids young to pray. And we pray over them a lot of times before they go to bed at night. And uh, maybe you have prayed your, over your kids before. And a lot of times when we pray over our kids, we, we use rehearsed prayers or memorized prayers. 
Did you ever have that? Or maybe you use some of those. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. And if I die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. Now that's gonna inspire your children to pray, I'm telling you. When you sound like Vincent Price in a Thriller album, you, and you, darkness falls across the land, the midnight hour is close at hand. <laughs> Why, where, do, where do the voices come from? Where do these memorized prayers come from? And the thing is, is that there are things that we pick up on, and then there are things that are in our prayer life that need to be there, but we don't know why they're there. One of the things is why we end each prayer within Jesus' name. Yeah, we, we do that in Jesus' name. And the reason we do that is because it's the power of Jesus that brings the prayer to life. He conquered death in the grave. He's the one that was resurrected. He died for our sins. Because of him, we have a home forever in heaven. We have a hope and a future. And so at the end of those prayers, we say in Jesus' name because we want power in the prayer. Without his name in the prayer, there's no power in it. So that's why we do that. That's a very important part. And then what do we say after in Jesus' name? What do we say? Amen. amen. Heard that our whole life too. Always end with amen. You were taught as a child, you, you end the prayer with amen. But what does that mean? Well, it means let this be so. And so when we as a church congregation say amen to something, we are saying and agreeing as a group, let it be so. We're coming together in agreement. Let it be so. So those things are super important, but you can see why we get some, some things kind of caught up in our prayer life sometimes that make it feel a little less real or a little less genuine. Here's some other problems that we can run into with our prayer life that just make it unnatural. The first is, is we choose the wrong place. We choose the wrong place when we pray. We can't pray in the living room with the TV on and the kids running around. That's, that's not a good place to pray. And we need to spend time thinking about where is the place I'm going to pray. Like, be strategic. Where can I have privacy? Where can I be alone? Sometimes it's in the bathroom with the door shut. You know, if that's where you need to go, then that's where you need to go. Sometimes you, you need to jump in your car and just jump on the interstate and just head, head towards Utah and just drive and get alone with the Lord. So we have to be careful on where we choose. And that's one of the reasons why Pastor Hooper talks so much about his coffee with God. He did a message and he talked about, you know, choosing that special time. And for him, it's in the morning. He wants to start off with the Lord. And that's a good place to be. But sometimes in the seasons of our life that we go through, whether we have small children or sometimes our work schedules, the mornings aren't the best. So choose the best time and choose the best place. Secondly, a lot of times we just have wrong motives. Super selfish a lot of times when we pray. We, want, we pray if we want something and we go to the Lord and, and, and uh, just kind of tell him the things that we need, but that pretty much limits our conversation to that, which leads into number three, which is we come with a list or an agenda. Now there's nothing wrong with a prayer list. I think prayer lists are great because it reminds us of the things we need to pray for, but we can't become reliant on that. And our prayer life can't just be a list of things or an agenda, but we bring before the Lord. I mean, imagine if you hung out with some friends and every time you guys got together, you brought a list for them. How, how good of a relationship would you have? And then the other thing we do is we, we, we come into the prayer situation and we're not fully present. We're not fully present. Our mind is somewhere else. We're very distracted. I know that early on in ministry, uh, especially in my 20s, I would come home and we had small children and, and Rebecca would just say, Tim, 
you're not present, you're not here. And it was because my mind was still at work and I was still working through problems and issues. As you get older, that sometimes can go away because you just don't wanna think about it anymore, (laughs) but it might not either. I mean, if you're a workaholic and that's your life and you get all your self-esteem from your work, if you're not careful, it's hard to turn that off when you're at home with your family and your kids. And it's really hard to turn it off when you're trying to pray. So who do we look to? when it comes to prayer and in the Bible, like who, who can we have as a kind of a, a role model? Well, I think the best person to have is Jesus because Jesus is the son of God. And when he's praying, he's praying to his actual father, his actual dad. And he prayed for a lot of different reasons. And we see this throughout scripture. One of the, one of the times he would pray was when his life was crowded and draining. Boy, does that not describe some of our lives? So crowded with stuff with problems, with issues, stuff at work, stuff within our family, stuff dealing with health of ourselves. And, and, and so it, it's, very, it's very seldom that we don't come home from work or after a day and, and we're not drained. And, and our life feels very crowded. And when that happened in Jesus's life, we see this in Luke chapter five, verse 15, the Bible says, yet the news about him spread all the more so that, the, so that crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Now we see in today's society, when a person has fame thrust upon them, it's incredible the amount of pressure and noise that will come into their life. And a lot of times they can't handle that, but that's because maybe they're a good singer or they're a great actor or they're really good at sports. Imagine being the son of God who is healing people and not only healing them, but raising them from the dead. And that word is spreading across Israel and all around the land. Don't you know that every person that was sick, that every person that needed something was not gonna try to make the trek to see Jesus. And this is what's happening in his life. And at times he just said, I have to withdraw. I have to get alone and I have to pray. Jesus also prayed when he faced important choices. And he had some big choices to make, and we all do. And some of our choices are big, sometimes they're small, and God wants to be involved in all of them. He wants you to talk to him about those choices, and he wants to give you the answer about what choice you should make. And we see this with Jesus. The Bible says that in Luke chapter 6, verse 12, he was praying about who to choose as his disciples. That was a huge choice because these were the men that were gonna carry out the word and continue the word after Jesus was gone. So he had to choose wisely. The Bible says one of those days, Jesus went out to the mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. When morning came, he called his disciples to him and chose 12 of them who he also designated apostles. He also prayed when he was sad or frightened. Have you ever thought about Jesus being sad or scared? He was God, but he was a man. He had emotions. And there was a period of time in his life when he heard about his cousin, John the Baptist being killed, being killed for the very things that Jesus was doing. And don't you know that that made him sad? Don't you know that that made him fearful? And the Bible says in Matthew 14, 13, when Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. You know, I think that that is such a beautiful example because there are times in our life when we're sad or frightened. And usually that's the last thing we do. A lot of times we call a friend and we complain. 
A lot of times we just try to deal with the issue by uh, numbing it, maybe with some escapism form of sin. But man, if you just get alone, you just recognize that the enemy is coming against you with fear and sadness. And the scripture says there is a spirit of fear and you don't have to put up with it. He didn't give us that spirit. And so we can cast that off of us. We have the power and authority to tread on serpents. We can cast those things out of our life. When we're sad, the Bible says that the spirit comes that we might have these fruits of the spirit that he will give to us. And one of those fruits is joy that is the antithesis of sadness. And so we just need to withdraw. We just need to spend some time plugged into the father, plugged into the Holy Spirit so that we can get a new perspective on whatever situation we're facing. Then we see him pray when he needs strength for his work. I think probably more now than ever, we need strength in our work. Strength going to the office, strength with policy changes that are happening, strength with maybe a fear of losing your job or losing your income. And Jesus in Mark 1, chapter 35, it says very early in the morning while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Notice he left the house. He had, he had to get out of the house. He had to get away from distractions. Simon and his companions uh, went to look for him. And when they found him, they exclaimed, everyone is looking for you. Jesus replied, that's why I left, stupid. No, he didn't respond that. That, that. that was me. I would have responded that way. Jesus replied, let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. So he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. When you are preaching in synagogues and you're driving out demons, there you need to be praying for strength. When you're going into the world and you're having to pray and deal with all the things that you worry about and deal with during the day, you need to spend time in prayer. You just do. Fill up with him. Then we see him pray when he's worried about the people that he loves. A lot of times we spend a lot of prayer for those that we love that we're concerned about. And when Jesus was about to die, he knew that his disciples would fail. And he told Simon Peter in Luke chapter 22, verse 31, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. Jesus' prayer worked for Peter. He knew it was gonna happen. He knew that Peter was gonna de deny him three times, but he also knew that he was gonna turn, he was gonna strengthen his brothers and he was gonna be called the rock of the church. Now, I would have loved to have heard Jesus's prayer for his disciples. I mean, that's something that we can ask him one day in heaven. So it's like, Jesus, what was the funniest thing you ever prayed? Or what, was the, what did you pray over Peter or some of your disciples? I mean, could you imagine, God, would you please deal with Peter? I love him, but he is such a hothead. God, help me love Judas. I know what, he is, what he's in the process of doing to me, and I need your help to love him. Lord, put a hedge of protection around John. <laughs> he needs it. It'd be cool to see into the mind of Christ. You see, when we look at Jesus's life and how he prayed, it makes us realize we need to pick up our prayer life. We need to pick up our prayer life. 
And not just simple prayers, not made up prayers, not memorized prayers, but warfare prayers. Where, prayers that are gonna make a difference, prayers that are gonna that do something in the spiritual realm around us. It was about a year and a half ago, we had a, a precious lady in our church that came to us with an idea and she helped write this letter. And, and we actually were gonna do this um, months and months ago, but we couldn't because COVID happened and there wasn't enough uh, people live in the service that we could do this with. Uh, but now we feel like it's just the perfect time. So we wrote this letter. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a letter to God. It's a prayer to God. And it's really designed to pray over your neighborhood. Now, I, I don't know about you, but if you're in the neighborhood like we're in, we have people that walk the neighborhood all the time. They're always out, they're always walking, they're enjoying the beauty of Colorado and uh, they're getting some exercise in. And so we thought, what if, what if we took that time that we're walking our neighborhoods and we turned it into a strategic time of prayer? Now, some of you are like, I don't like exercise. I don't walk, that's okay. You have a car, drive to the center of your neighborhood and you can pray these things too. So this prayer is, it's awesome because it is, it, it's just the way it's worded and it's done really to change the spiritual atmosphere in our community. And if we can change our spiritual atmosphere in this community, can you imagine what that can do? What the, who that can touch, how that can spread? So I wanna read it to you. And it was, it's, a, it's, it's a little long, it fills up a whole sheet. We tried to condense it, but it was like, nope, if we're gonna do warfare prayer, we're gonna do warfare prayer. So it says, we thank you for all that you have done for us, Father God. We thank you for the opportunity to share your love and heart with our community through service and prayer. Lord, we ask that you would bring favor and prosperity upon these households and, and neighborhood. Please pour out your protection and blessing on our valley and city. Bless them with the right jobs, relationships, resources, and health. Bless the schools of this area that they would be what the children of this neighborhood would need. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for, the, for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. Jesus, we ask that this truth would be felt throughout Grand Junction. Lord, we ask that your plan would reign in every home, in every neighborhood, in every school, in every business, and in every government building. You know, if we would just pray more and complain less, could you imagine what we could do? If we would just stop watching the news and stop allowing talk radio to irritate us and spend more time in prayer, what that could do. And hey, I'm, I'm the worst. Like I will get so upset. I'll get so aggravated and so worked up over stuff. And this is what the Lord has, has shared with me. It's like, anytime you start to feel that way, instead of complaining or allowing it to bother you, pray for that person. Pray for your government. Pray for your schools. Pray. You can't fix it. That's one of the things that's so frustrating about it, right? That's why we get so ticked off. It's because we feel so helpless, but we're not helpless. God can do it. God can handle it. As Christians, we need to be better than making fun of a president whose health is faltering. We need to be praying for him. Whether or not you believe in what he believes in, whether or not you voted for him, that doesn't matter. He's a hurting man. Where's our compassion? As Christians, we should be praying and lifting up our government because they need help. 
And the only way we can help them is through prayer. And this is the best way that we can help them. In the name of Jesus, we bind up the spirits of depression, suicide, violence, addiction, heartache, sickness, and rebellion. We bind them up, break them off, and cast them out to the dry places. That's spiritual warfare. Now you might go the dry places, where's that at? Well, in the Bible, it talks about when you cast a demon out of somebody or away from somebody or out of an area, they have to go to the dry places. It's not a good place. It's not a place you wanna visit, but that's where they have to go. In Jesus' name, we loose the spirit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. We ask, Lord, that you would loose your blessing and protection over this house, over this neighborhood, and over our city. God, please dismantle the strongholds. Strongholds are the lies the devil hides behind. It's a lie that he has convinced a person to believe to where they can't see the truth. And are there not strongholds right now going on in this country and in this world? Lies. People cannot see the truth. We're praying that those lies come down. We're demolishing them. Um, please dismantle the strongholds oppressing the people of this region. Tear them down and destroy them. We ask that you would build up your people in boldness to carry out the great commission here in the Grand Valley, walking in truth and spreading your love. Lord, breathe hope in every person we come into contact with today. Now, here's the thing. There's some people in your neighborhood you may not like. There's one guy in my neighborhood I can't stand. I don't hate him. I can't stand him. Okay, he's mean-spirited. He's, I think he's a little evil. I think he's a little off. And I'm telling you, I've spent time before thinking, what could I do? Like, how could I get even with him? Because he's done stuff to me. What could I do? And of course, I don't, I don't act on that most of the time. And, uh, <laughs> but the Lord told me when I was scheming in my head of something that I was gonna do or would never do that just made me feel good to scheme, the Lord said, why aren't you praying for him? Don't you know he is the way he is because he's hurting? Don't you know he is what he is from the, the things that have happened to him in his past? Give him over to me. Let me help him. When you pray these things upon your neighborhood, expect a change in the atmosphere to happen. Lord, if the people who live in these houses and in, the neighborhood, in this neighborhood don't know you, we ask you would bring them to know you. Please, Lord, soften their hearts to your voice. We ask that they would be receptive to you and your love. Give them eyes to see and ears to hear. Jesus, open them up to their need for a savior. God, provide for them the church home that they need a church that will love them, challenge them, grow them, help them, equip them, and send them. We ask, Lord, that you would direct them to the right church and that they would root, literally root, regardless of the obstacles, that they would not just go to the church, but they would be the church. God, give us discernment on who to pray with, what to pray for, and bolster us with the courage necessary to walk this out. Thank you, Lord, for all these things we ask in Jesus' name, amen. So we made these cards available for you. You can pick them up as you leave. 
Take one each. You don't even have to take one per family. We have plenty. And then if you're watching online, we wanna make sure you guys get this too. So they will be made available for download on website, our website or the Church Center app tomorrow. And this is what we ask of you. That at least, at least one time you pray this over your neighborhood. But if you would covenant with us as a church family and you would pray this over your neighborhoods through the end of October, at least once a week. And hopefully you'll continue it. Hopefully you will see a change in the atmosphere in your neighborhood and you will want to continue. That's, that's what we hope for. But guys, we can't fix stuff. We can't fix mean neighbors. We can't fix our kids who are rebelling. We can't fix our local government, our state government, our federal government. We can't fix those things, but God can. But we have to lift it up in prayer. We have to be the ones that intercede on those people's behalf because for many of them, they don't know him. The other thing that we see happen in Jesus's prayer life is he, he would pray when he faced insurmountable problems. Now, hopefully we will never face the insurmountable problems that Jesus faced, but there's times we feel like we have. There's times we feel like we are. And Jesus, the night before he was arrested, the night before he was gonna be put to death, we read about his encounter with God in Luke chapter 22, verse 39. Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives. He went out as usual, which means that he frequented there. And his disciples followed him. On reaching the place, he said to them, pray, pray that you will not fall into temptation. He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond, beyond them, knelt down and prayed. And he said, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours. He's saying, God, if I don't have to go to, if I don't have to be put to death, if I don't have to be put through crucifixion, please don't make me, but, but if I have to, let your will be done. Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but, be, uh, but yours be done. And, and, and then it, the cool thing is as soon as he prayed that an angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. And being in anguish, he prayed most, more earnestly and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. Now this is Jesus and the angel didn't come until he prayed. There's something in us that has a tendency to be willing to pray for others a lot, but we won't pray for ourselves because we think that's selfish. We have to be willing to intercede for ourselves. We have to pray for ourselves, for our own needs. Jesus did. You could have a legion of angels that are being held back right now, just waiting for you to pray and speak the name of Jesus. Because that's where the power is. It's in his name. There's a great song out right now. It's called Speak the Name. And I wanted the band and Amanda to do this song as an inspiration for us to start doing what we need to do in our prayer life. You know, a football coach will, before a game, will do a speech to inspire his team I remember one time when I was in high school basketball and our coach was trying to inspire us. And so we watched the movie Hoosiers, you know, to inspire us. I want this song to inspire a group of warriors 
an army for the Lord, to commit to pray for this community. Pray for our neighbors. Why do we send missionaries to different countries, but we won't even pray, to the, pray for the person next door to us? We can change the atmosphere in Grand Junction. We can start something that will spread, that could start a, a revival, a spiritual revival in this country if we'll just change a few things about our thought life and our prayer life. Now, as she sings this song, I doubt you'll be able to stay seated. I can't, it's that awesome. So feel free, if you need to stand, if you need to worship, if you need to pray, do so. But this, let this song be a charge for us as Christians to fight the enemy and fight him in a completely different way.
So what's an insurmountable problem that you're facing right now? What did you bring into this room that you don't wanna leave with? And maybe you're that person that just doesn't pray for yourself. Jesus can fix your issues. Nothing is bigger than he is. So if you're not standing, if you'll stand with me now, and I want you to think about whatever it is, whatever issue that is, whatever problem that is, and I want you to give it to him. Give it to him right now. Is it your job? Are you concerned you're gonna lose it? Is it your kids? They're just going with the way of the world right now. Is it your health? Speak the name that can change all of that. I'm not gonna do it for you. You speak his name right now. Speak his name out loud to tell what is his name? What's his name? Jesus, we ask that you would lose your power and your authority in our life, that you would heal, that you would change, that you would transform. I pray, Lord God, for every house in Grand Junction that you would come into the marriages, that you would strengthen them. I pray, Lord God, for the children and the kids of this valley, Lord God, that you'd bind any spirit of rebellion in them. I pray, Lord God, that if they are running from you, that you would run, make them run back to you. pray, Lord God, for our schools. I pray that education and how you're viewed in our educational system would change. That's a huge prayer right there. We can't fix that. We can't change that. You can. So Holy Spirit, be loosed in our schools. That there would be a new presence of you in every one of those classrooms that you would reach teachers that are atheists, that don't believe in you. That you would reach teachers maybe that have been hurt in the past in a church or by a Christian that has a bad view of you. I pray, Holy Spirit, you would change their view. I pray, Lord God, that those that teach our children would teach the truth. That you would tear down the veils of deception in their mind, things that they've been taught, that they've been believed, that they believe, that they've been taught by others. That's not the truth. I pray that you would expose those lies. And I pray, Lord, that you bring them to you. Change the atmosphere in this country. We don't, we're not just gonna pray it for Mesa County. We pray you would change the atmosphere in this country. That you would come against the evil one you would take back ground that he thinks that he has. And enlist us in your army, God, that when we leave this place, we wouldn't forget what we talked about today. That we would take this prayer, we would take it seriously. And we would know that when we are speaking that out to you, when we're walking in our neighborhoods, that you are doing warfare on our behalf. You are, reach, you are releasing angels, legions of angels, dispatching them on our behalf. We believe this to be true. And you can trust us to do our part, God. 
thank you for the opportunity that we have to see change. Help us have the strength to do our part. We love you, God. We can't wait to see what you're gonna do next. We can't, we can't wait for the second coming. We can't, we can't wait to spend a, a, a seven years in a, a celebration, a wedding celebration with you. We can't wait to spend the millennium with you. We can't wait to spend eternity with you. And we pray, Lord God, that you would show those in this valley that don't know you, you would, you would show them yourself. Let there be millions of people saved, billions of people saved. It'd be so cool, Lord, if you just made it to where nobody had to go through the tribulation. So everybody's already saved. We pray big prayers because we know we can do it in your name. We love you, God. Thank you for how awesome you are. Guys, let's give him a praise offering. So good. All right, now you can pick those cards up as you leave. Let's go do some warfare for him, shall we? Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you've not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I wanna give you the opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And you can do that right now. I just wanna encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I'm a sinner and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord, that you died on the cross for my sins and that you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. And I ask you now to be my savior, to guide my life and to give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask you this in your precious son, Jesus' name, amen. If you just prayed this prayer for the first time, we would love to celebrate with you. Please text the word heaven to 94,000 to get in contact with our staff where we can answer any questions that you might have. And also, if you're in need of prayer, we'd love to support you. You can submit your prayer requests by texting prayer support to 94,000. Our prayer team will receive your request and immediately start covering you. If this was your first time experiencing Fellowship Church, or if you want to learn more about one of our many ministries here, text the word fellowship to 94,000 to connect with our staff today. And as always, we are still just a phone call away. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY with any questions. And thanks again. We hope to see you next week in person or online.